0: Well, it seems like every time you turn on the television or get online or open up a magazine, there's another story in our culture that uh, I don't even know why we're surprised by this anymore. Uh, there's another story of a celebrity, a movie star, uh, an athlete, a politician, uh, somebody's private life, somebody's greatest regret is being dragged into the public square. And uh, oftentimes in the world we live in, there's often a video of it and uh We show the video, we loop the video on CNN, Fox News, and everybody jumps in, and uh, it's just, it seems that every time, it's not so much a critique on people that do those things as it is uh, on us as a society. It's strange that we entertain ourselves this way, and uh, we all jump in and weigh in on uh, all these, you know, every single week, it seems like, there's a new story of somebody, and for some strange reason, I don't know why, we're still surprised when it happens, uh, as if we actually knew that person. You know they were so good in that movie. I can't believe they uh, would be accused of doing that. Or they were so smart in Congress. You know I can't. Actually, nobody ever says that. But uh, (laughs) maybe once. Maybe once. But uh, you know they they were. You know I trusted them. I voted for that. You know I can't believe they actually thought they could get away with that. Or uh, you know he's so good. He's my favorite player. She's my favorite player. You know I can't believe they would actually do that. We're always surprised. But if you ever notice, you watch those stories long enough, like I sometimes do. They always find a group of people that actually knows that particular person, and they're never surprised. They saw it coming and they get on, you know, whatever show it is and they talk about, well, we were worried for a long time. You know, they saw all the warning signals. They, you know, he'd been drinking way too much for way too long. You know, she'd been, you know, violent for, you know, he'd been violent for a long time. You know, this was, we kind of were expecting this. We thought it'd come sooner. And there's always that group of people. uh, They weren't surprised at all. And this is true whether you're a celebrity or not. This is true in your life and this is true in my life. Uh, Before there's a public destruction, before there's a public. Uh, outing of your greatest regret, before the video surfaces, Uh, there's always private warning signals that get ignored, aren't there? Uh, That's true in your life, that's that's true in my life, before your character flaw, before your regret, before that thing that you don't want anybody to know about, uh, before people find out about it, there are always warning signals and private moments uh, along the path of destruction before it actually happens and somebody falls over The edge. There's always that group of friends that will come to you and say, uh, Don't do this. Don't date him. We'll break up with him for you. Uh, you know, just do not hang out with that group of people. There's always those friends, there's always those people that warn, that say, hey, do not go this way. It might be in your own life, you, the, the voices you hear uh, in, in your head or in your heart, the Holy Spirit of God saying, hey, uh, stop, the, there's a stop sign here. And on the path of destruction, there's always stop signs that when we look back and we find ourselves going, how could I have been so dumb? Uh, there's always those stop signs that we just rolled right on past uh, Every Single time. And in the world that we live in, uh, we don't value wisdom. This is what we've been talking about uh, for the last few weeks. We don't value wisdom. We don't value being the kind of person that steps away from the edge when destruction might be looming. In fact, what we value in our culture is making sure that you don't get caught. Trying to figure out how much can I get away with? How close to the edge can I possibly be? And beginning to live the kind of life where we're always teetering on the edge of moral disaster and figure out how immoral and sensitive you you can possibly be and make sure there's no consequences for your actions. And we've been looking at this book of uh, the Bible for the last few weeks as a church uh, called Proverbs. And this guy named Solomon, these are his words, they're not my words, uh, he calls this kind of living, this kind of life, the foolish life. He says that to live that way, uh, that because there's a better way of life, the way of wisdom where we can be skilled in the art of living is the best thing possible you can do with your life is to become wise and to reject that and to live a life that teeters on the edge. This is a life uh, Solomon calls the life of foolishness. And here's what I want us to explore together uh, in our time together today, that there are really only two paths in life. There's the path of the wise, and if you reject wisdom in some particular area of life, if you see what's right and you decide not to do it for whatever reason, it doesn't place you on morally neutral ground. What it does automatically by default, according to Solomon in the book of Proverbs, is that it puts you on a path of what he calls the path of the fool. The fool. That there are really only two options in life, that you either find yourself on the path of the wise, or if you reject wisdom, you automatically head in a different direction, and it's the path of what Solomon calls, uh, these are his words, they're not mine, uh, in case you, you know, come to church and go, I'm not going back there, they called me a fool in there. Uh, but he calls it the path of the fool. And I just wanna be as clear as I possibly can as as we begin, uh, as as we start talking about this, that you are surrounded, especially if you're here and you're new with us or this is your first time to church or first time back in a long time or you're just kinda checking out this Jesus thing, uh, you are surrounded today by a lot of people that have a lot of regrets. You're surrounded by a lot of people that, uh, you're surrounded by a lot of messed up people, okay, (laughs) Uh, that have the same bad decisions in their past that you do, the same regrets in their past that you do, The same stories of I wish I wouldn't have done that that you have in your life, but but here's the reality. For those of us that follow Jesus, uh, we believe that our regrets and our bad decisions, they don't have the last word over our life. That because of the cross of Christ, that Jesus Christ has the last word over our life when we begin to follow him and we begin to surrender our life to him. But here's the reality for you and here's the reality for me as well, that Jesus has taken away the penalty on the cross of Christ. He takes away the penalty that we owe for our sin, but it doesn't remove the pain that we experience in our life when we rebel against God or when we sin or when we go the way of the fool. And my hope and my prayer for our time together today uh, is that it, we wouldn't have to wait till that moment when uh, it gets too painful or when it gets too public or uh, when whatever it is, the, the, the private thing that nobody knows about uh, becomes you know too regretful. We wouldn't have to wait till it becomes too expensive or you know a hazard to our health. Uh, we would begin to crave wisdom before it gets to that point that we would see there are two paths in life that Solomon reminds us of, the path of the wise and the path of the fool, and we would begin to be people that crave to take the path of the wise in our lives. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to open it to the book of Proverbs chapter one is where we are going to begin. Proverbs chapter one, we're going to start in verse 20 together. And if you don't have a Bible, we place these verses uh, on the screens as well. And I want to remind everybody that uh, as a church, we're trying to read through the book of Proverbs together. And if you haven't done this yet, you can text the number 95577 to, uh, or text the word wisdom to that number, and uh, a magic genie will send you a text uh, every single day uh, for the next 45 days or so through the end of July with a daily prompt and a daily proverb. And uh, hashtag blueprint for life, uh, if you want to jump into a conversation uh, of proverbs that you're reading on Twitter, it's a great way to follow along, Uh, but just text that number 95577. Uh, text the word wisdom to that number. And if it doesn't work right away, uh, you can try it after the service because we all might be crashing the system if we do it right now. Uh, but 95577 is how you jump in uh, to get those daily texts. Uh, Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, and he's been talking about this idea of wisdom. And he's been talking about going the way of the wise and the benefits and the beauty and the power of a life of wisdom. Uh, but you'll notice as you read through Proverbs that 70 different times... You find yourself at a crossroads. And here's the question Solomon poses. Are you gonna go the way of the wise or are you going to go the way of the fool? And they're two different paths with two different destinations. They're two different ways of living. And it has a different course of action when we go the way of the fool. And here's what he says, Proverbs chapter one, verse 20. Out in the open, he's turning the corner here. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. And one of the interesting things that Solomon does throughout the book of Proverbs is that he continually uh, talks about lady wisdom. Uh, she calls us to go the way of the wise, to be skilled in the art of living. He continually refers to, uh, to wisdom as a lady, which I think is a really good idea. Uh, <laughs> that's not to throw the guys under the bus. But if you ever notice, when you go to a public beach in the summer and you're standing on the beach, who is it that you hear yelling words of wisdom towards their children? It's always the moms. Uh, put more sunscreen on, don't go out that far. Look out for jellyfish. You never hear the dads doing this, do we? The dads are saying things like, watch me shoot this firecracker over that hotel over there. Uh, I think I can do it. Uh, I even heard a dad not that long ago on the beach say to his like, eight or nine year old son, hold my beer and watch me do this. Uh, <laughs> which whatever follows that statement is just going to be YouTube gold. It's, I think he, jumped on a skimboard or something. Hold my beer, watch this. Uh, But Solomon is saying, Lady Wisdom, uh, she calls to us to not take the path of the fool, the path of destruction, but to go the way of the wise. And then Lady Wisdom says this. How long, verse 22, will you who are simple, and Solomon at times appears like a cranky old man. He's just saying what's on his mind. How long, who, who are you who are simple? love your simple ways how long will mockers and he uses several different words and we're going to come back to these to talk about the the path of the fool how long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge uh harsh words from lady wisdom uh we never think of it that way when we are on the path of the fool do we we never think of it as being foolish at all. We never go, well, I, you know, I hate knowledge and I'm just gonna go do what I wanna do for you know, the next hour. We don't think of it that way. We're just doing what we wanna do. Uh, don't impose on me and how I enjoy myself. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my mom, you're not my dad, you're not the police. This is my right. And what Solomon, what Lady Wisdom is reminding us is that our actions, they don't happen in isolation, that, that your actions, your bad decisions, my bad decisions, uh, they're not isolated events that they are a path that we are headed down. And so Lady Wisdom calls out, do not go the way of the fool. We don't think of it that way. We never think to ourselves, well, this decision, this action's connected to the next and to the next. But Solomon is saying, you are headed down a particular kind of a path. 70 times in the book of Proverbs, this is the question. Are you going to go this way or are you going to go this way? Uh, Which way are you headed in your life is the question and you'll notice as you read through Proverbs that he uses several different words uh, to talk about why people make foolish decisions. Different words will surface as you read through uh, the book of Proverbs. The simple, the naive, uh, the mocker is one of the words that's used here. And I wanna talk about uh, the staircase of the fool, the stair- the path of the fool. Because to Solomon, as he, used these, as he uses these words, uh, they're almost uh, like, like hurricanes. There's, there's like categories to them. And the worse, uh, the further down you go, the worse it gets, the more destruction uh, they bring. And one of the words, as you read through Proverbs, that you'll notice that Solomon talks about for why people make foolish decisions, he says, The reason is because for a lot of people, uh, they're naive. And these are his words, they're not mine. He says, uh, A lot of people, they make foolish decisions in life because they're naive, they just don't understand. That if you, if you go, well, why did she do that? Why did he do this? that? For certain people, he said it's just because they're naive. And here's the deal with being naive. It's not because you lack intelligence. It's because you lack experience. It's not because you lack intelligence. It's because you lack experience. I've worked with high school students and middle school students for a long time on staff at churches and camps and various places. And uh, throughout the years, I will have parents that have you know, sat down in my office or come to me and said, hey, uh, Jared, I need help. My son is so stupid. My daughter, I can't believe, how does she not see? If she dates him, if she goes there, if she hangs out with him, the destruction that looms. how does she not, how does he not know? How could they be so dumb? Here's the deal, mom and dad. It's not an intelligence issue. It's an experience issue. They just have not lived long enough to accumulate enough experiences about how this place called Planet Earth works. They haven't lived long enough to see cause and effect relationships come and smack them back in the face yet. Uh, They haven't seen that there's a a reaction for every action, that we reap what we sow in life. It's not their fault. It's not an intelligence issue. It is an experience issue. The simplest way I can think to explain it is when you walk into a movie theater, you've seen this before and I've seen this, and you see a group of students, uh, middle school students or high school students out front smoking. The reason they do that is because they have not lived long enough to see a friend of theirs cough up a lung yet. They haven't had enough experience to watch that. It's not an intelligence thing, it's an, it's an experience thing. And if you're a middle school student, you're a high school student, talk to students all the time that will come to me and say, I wish my parents didn't talk down to me. I wish they understood that I know what I'm doing. I know what, why I'm making these decisions. After all, I'm 13 now. Um, <laughs> I, I know, and I'm not trying to pick, but, but the reason, a little bit, but... Um, Here's the deal. If you're a middle school student, you're a high school student, listen very carefully. It's not that you lack intelligence, but because of your age, this isn't your fault. You do lack experience. And you're naive about certain things. It's okay to be naive. I'm naive about a lot of things. All of us are naive in certain areas of life where we lack experience. It's okay to be naive. And there are a lot of benefits to being young in our culture and in our world. Everybody wants to look like you. Everybody wants to talk like you. A lot of benefits to being young. But there are some disadvantages that come with being young in our world. And it's that you're naive. It's not your fault, hear hear me very closely. It's not your fault, you just lack experience. And the best thing you can do if you're young It's to look down the road at your life, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, and just make some decisions in key and critical areas of life, in terms of relationships, in terms of marriage. Do you want to get married one day? And see down the road of your life and begin to say, this is where I want to be. This is the kind of person I want to end up as. I want to be married. You don't have to know all the details. You don't have to know his name. You don't have to know her name yet. But begin to look down the road and think through the kind of person you want to be in the future. Spiritually, what, do you want to be, what, what would you want to be said about your relationship with God? 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. Financially, in terms of how you manage finances, where do you wanna end up 10 years, 15 years down the road? In terms of vocation, what you do, you don't have to have all the details in place, but where do you wanna be down the road? Because here's the reality, that for the naive, they don't often understand, and I'm in this boat, and many of us are in this boat, You will not just drift into your dreams. And every decision that you make is like punching in an address on a a GPS. It will lead you somewhere, and it's a path. And are you headed in the direction to get where you wanna be? And the best thing you can do if you're young is to find people that are further ahead than you. And if it's not your mom, if it's not your dad, then find somebody and begin to ask them questions about the decisions they made in their past that is your future to get where they ended up. It's the best thing you can do. Seek wise counsel. Solomon says there's a cure for being naive. Just ask for directions as you go. One of the fatal problems or the fatal life mottos of a naive person is simply this. I'm the exception to the rule. This is often the life motto of a naive person. I am the exception to the rule. The rules don't apply to me when it comes to dating, when it comes to whatever it is. I can play fast and loose with people's hearts. I can play fast and loose with my heart. It's not gonna catch up to me. And I'm not trying to be rude, but here's the reality. You are not the exception to the rule. You're the rule. And it will catch up in time. And begin to make plans on who you wanna be because you're not just gonna end up there. You're not just gonna drift there in time. Solomon says there's a reason for many that they make foolish decisions. It's the on-ramp to a life of foolishness, but you can easily veer off of this path by asking for directions. There's a second reason, and Solomon uses this word, I would just never say some of the things that Solomon says, because he says there's another reason, and this is the phrase he uses the most throughout Proverbs to talk about why people make dumb decisions or foolish decisions. He says it's really simple. Uh, He says, because they're a fool, uh, there, here's your sign. Uh, there are certain people, they, they just don't, and I don't recommend going out to lunch with somebody today and going, hey, Bob, I think we figured out what your problem is. Uh, been in the Bible the whole time. Who knew? You're a fool. No, don't do that. Uh, but here's the life motto of a fool. I'm old enough to know better, but I'm still too young to care. The reason I do this, the reason I go this way, the reason I act this way, the reason I don't care about this is because I know know better, but I just don't care. I'm too young to care at this point in my life. In other words, I'm not naive. I know the stakes of the game. I know what this can do. I know where it can lead, but I just don't care, and I'm headed in this direction anyway. Solomon says, you're a fool. It's the path. Of a fool. Again, these are his words as you read through Proverbs. They're not my words. I don't start off counseling sessions this way. Oh, that's easy. You're a fool. Uh, This is what he says. He says, if you see what's right and you don't do it, you are going down a slippery slope of being a fool. Oftentimes, the fool will begin to think that they're not hurting anybody. And oftentimes, maybe you've said this to people before. I know I have. Maybe you've had somebody say this to you before. I know I have. Well, they'll say, I'm not hurting anybody. This is my thing. This is my deal. It's not a big deal. I wish everybody'd leave me alone. This is often how a fool begins to think. "I I know I shouldn't do this, but it's not hurting anybody. And here's the reality. Foolish decisions are never made inside of vacuums. They're never made in isolation. And they always end up hurting people that are close to you in your life. Many of us in this room, you could stand up and tell the story where years and tears were spent in your life, wasted, not through anything that you did, but simply because you were close to somebody that didn't care. And you suffered the pain and the consequences of somebody else's foolish decisions. And Solomon says, do not go this way. And oftentimes, the only thing that will wake a fool up is realizing that their actions are having a huge effect on the people that are closest to them and the people that they love. And Solomon says, do not go this way. You can always veer in another direction, but the further down you go, the harder it gets. And if you find yourself here, cry out for wisdom. Hear the cry of lady wisdom to go in a different direction. You'll see the word fool appear many different times as you read through the story, but in Hebrew, uh, there's actually two different kinds of fools. Uh, Solomon uses this word fool many times. It's when it has harsher language around it. You'll notice at times, Proverbs 1, verse seven is a good example where it says the the foolish despise wisdom and instruction. When it has harsh language like that, uh, often he's talking about uh, like a category three kind of fool. (laughs) Uh, this is the person, the best way I can think to explain the difference, this is uh, the the best way I can think of to explain the difference between these two kinds of fools according to Solomon, is that this is the one that says, I'm just enjoying myself, this is the one that's destroying themselves. This is the person that just doesn't seem to care if they harm somebody else, if they're harming themselves. There is no risk that they will not take and their life motto becomes as they go, I will risk anything to experience something. I will gamble away whatever relationship. I will risk my marriage. I will risk my relationship with my kids. I will risk my job. I will risk my reputation just to experience pleasure in this one area of life. There is nothing that this kind of a fool won't risk to experience just a little bit of pleasure, and they feel entitled to it. They feel as if they could get away with it to be this kind of a person, and it's not because of ignorance that they make these choices. It is because of arrogance that they make these choices. And Solomon says, as you go down this path, the harder and harder it is. You can always step off this path, but the harder it gets, because the more arrogant you become and the more set in your ways you become as you reject wisdom. There's a fourth kind of fool that Solomon talks about. And this is a a funny Hebrew word, but I like the word uh, nabal. And if you ever see the phrase, in uh, the scriptures in proverbs that says godless fool uh, proverbs 17 7 is an example of this uh, he's talking about this kind of fool in hebrew the word is nabal it's uh, essentially it's a godless fool it's somebody that in their heart they have removed the possibility that there's a god they have completely closed the window to the option that there is a creator of the universe who's behind everything doesn't matter what evidence they see. doesn't matter what they are presented with. It doesn't matter what they experience in their own life. They are completely closed off to the possibility that there's a God. This is not an atheist in the sense that it's for intellectual reasons. In other words, it's not because they sat down and figured out, you know, they don't believe in, because of the dinosaurs or whatever it may be. Uh, sometimes it can appear that way. They've closed their heart off to God for surrender reasons. That in other words, the possibility that there's a God is so threatening to them, it's so outlandish to them, because it would mean they would have to change their direction and their actions and their choices in such a drastic way, and so their life motto essentially becomes, if I remove God, I can remove consequences, and I can go the way that I want, the sky's not gonna fall in, I can do what I want to do. If you study the scriptures, one of the stories uh, that for some of us you're familiar with is the story of a man named Nabal. Uh, he's, uh, the story of him is told in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And Nabal is married uh, to this woman named Abigail, a famous woman in the Bible. And Abigail says about her husband, and Nabal, uh, there's a reason we don't name a lot of babies Nabal. Uh, it's said about Nabal, Abigail finally gets so fed up with him, she says, nobody can even reason with him. Nobody can ever even talk to him, he's so closed off. In his heart, he's su- such a fool in the way that he's living his life. Uh, a pretty good description of what Solomon's talking about when he talks about a godless kind of a fool. There's a category five kind of fool, uh, according to Solomon. And you'll see this word repeatedly throughout Uh, the book of Proverbs. Sometimes it's translated the word scoffer, uh, but oftentimes, as it is in Proverbs 1, verse 20, it's the word mocker that will appear. That there's the kind of fool, there's the kind of person that they're not just going to reject wisdom, but they are actively and proactively going to try to pull you off the path of wisdom as you try to make good choices in your life. And they are gonna become so critical and they are gonna become so belittling, and they're gonna be so demeaning in their words that they are mocking and heaping scorn upon anybody that decides they are going to go the way of the wise in their life. And the life motto of a mocker is, I'm the smartest person in the room. It doesn't matter what's going on in their life, it doesn't matter what their circumstances are, it doesn't matter how much destruction they brought into every area of their life, they will always be convinced that they are the smartest person in the room. You cannot win an argument with a mocker. You might as well just walk away. You will find yourself walking on eggshells around this kind of a person, afraid of what's gonna come out of their mouth the next time. And Solomon says, you can become so set in your ways and so arrogant on the path of the fool that you become critical of people that choose wisdom. He calls them a mocker, and here's the good news. I know this is kind of depressing. Here's the good news. Solomon says this. He says, if you find yourself in some area of life, if you're here today and you're like me, you go, you know what, there's an area on here where I line up, I know I'm being naive about something. I know I'm being a fool. I know I'm being critical of the idea that there's a God for no real reason other than I just don't want it to be true. I know that I've been harsh to people who've chosen to go the way of the wise, people on my row, people in my family. I have been actively criticizing them as they go that way. Here's what Solomon says, and this is the kindness and this is the good news of the Christian story. This is the good news and the kindness of God at work. He doesn't say, get out of here. He doesn't say, uh, there's no hope for you. Here's what he says. Repent, repent at my rebuke, verse 23. In other words, get off this staircase You don't have to live this way is what Solomon's saying. Make a U-turn. Get off the staircase of the fool. Get on the staircase of the wise. Begin to climb upward. Begin to become the kind of person who's going to be wise in this world because it's the greatest life you can pursue and achieve in relationship with Christ. Begin to go the way of the wise. You don't have to live this way is what Solomon's saying. In other words, you only get one life. And what a shame, to spend it going down this slippery slope, to get to the end of your life and go, how could I have been so foolish? Some of my favorite stories that are in this room, some of my favorite stories of people at this church are people that at some moment in their life, some uh, critical crossroads in their life decided, I don't wanna be a foolish person anymore. And the best stories that are told are often the ones where people decided, I'm going to go in another direction. And Solomon says, if that's you, repent. (laughs) Don't keep going down the slippery slope. And then he says this in the next part. This is the kindness of God. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. In other words, wisdom, no matter where you are, is always available to you because of God who loves you and loves me. And here's the question just to ask yourself, and these are very convicting questions for me. As well, but here's the first question. If you're wondering, am I a candidate to get off the full staircase? Here's the first question to ask yourself Is there something that you're currently loving that you should be rejecting? Is there something in life that you keep returning to and you keep holding on to and you keep grabbing is salvation and is life? And something in you every single time says, I know I shouldn't do that, I know I shouldn't go there, I know I shouldn't keep returning to this, and it keeps coming up, and you keep grabbing on to it and holding on to it, and you should be rejecting it. You should be rejecting, but you keep returning to it and loving it. Is there something in your life that you should be rejecting, but you just keep loving? Are you loving something that you just keep rejecting? Are you loving something currently that you should be rejecting in life? Here's the second question Are you rejecting something that you should be loving? (laughs) A relationship with God, relationship with kids, relationship with a spouse and you keep turning it all. you keep ignoring it, you keep rejecting it, but it keeps coming up and in your heart and your mind you go, I know this is what I should be doing, but you keep turning it away. Are you rejecting something that you should be loving in life? You might be a candidate to get off of the full staircase and begin to go in a different direction. Just to be as clear as I can, if you are here and you would say about yourself, I've been a mocker, I haven't just rejected wisdom. I have been critical of those that have pursued wisdom in their life. Verbally, I have been the smartest, I believe I've been the smartest person in the room time and time again. If that is you, then in the same way that you have been so publicly critical, in the same way you've been so verbal in your assault of people that have chosen to go the way of the wise, you need to become just as verbal in your decision to go the other direction. And in the same way you have continually thrown people under the bus or said things about people uh, who've decided to live a different way, you need to become public. It's the reason we have a connection center. You just walk in there and you say, you know what? I've been on this path, and I haven't just rejected God. I've been critical of people who have pursued God. In the same way you've been public, you need to be public about your decision to go in the other direction. It might be what repentance, go in the other way, begins to look like. Uh, If you are here, I know that at times Christians can seem goofy and weird. (laughs) But is is it possible that the reason you're so closed off to God is not because of intellectual reasons, but because the possibility of there being a God is so threatening that it would mean you'd have to change some things? If you're here... And you would say about yourself, I, I risk every, it, I will risk anything to experience this pleasure in this area. Uh, how long are you going to continue down that path? Is what wisdom cries out. How long are you going to keep going that way? Uh, you will destroy yourself. You, you will end up paying a price and you'll go, it wasn't worth it. Uh, if you're here, who is it that's suffering in your life because of foolish decisions? If you're here and you're a student, you're young, And for many of us, even if we're not young, we're naive about certain things. Who is it that you need to seek wisdom from to begin to go the way of the wise? My prayer for all of us is that we would choose in our life not to take the full staircase, but to be people that run in the direction and the voice of Lady Wisdom going the way of the wise. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the cross I thank you that no matter what step we find ourselves on in life, and God, I found myself on all of them at some point, the kindness of God uh, meets us there. I thank you for that. I speak that over this room. Uh, Holy Spirit, just remind us in this moment that the kindness of God is available no matter where we are in life. And I pray over this room, God, uh, for marriages, I pray for relationships, I pray for Uh, decisions, addictions, I pray for what needs to be healed. Uh, Would you open our eyes, God? Would we hear Lady Wisdom cry out to not go the way of the fool, but to begin to step in the direction of God in in the direction of wisdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.